And I tell people regularly, you shouldn't do stem cell therapy unless you're doing magnetic therapy because you can't grow a garden in a swamp. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Well, 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 welcome to episode number 129 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving holiday, and I hope you have a great holiday season going into 2022. In episode number 119, I talked about EMFs with Richard Blank, or R. Blank, and how to protect yourself from them. Today with me on the show is Dr. William Pollock, a pioneer in the field of holistic medicine and PEMF, which is pulsed electromagnetic field therapies. His latest book, Supercharger Health with PEMFs, is the most comprehensive practical hands-on guide to PEMF, treatment available to date, discussing how to select and properly use the right PEMF system for over 80 different health conditions and cuts through the online confusion about PEMF devices, all based on extensive knowledge and clinical experience with PEMFs. Dr. Pollock is a practical, medically, and holistically trained physician. He has had academic appointments at John Hopkins and the University of Maryland. He specializes in pain management and techniques without medication and has used PEMF therapy successfully to treat neuropathy, injuries, and over 50 other conditions. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope that you get a lot out of it. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Dr. William Pollack, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. It's uh, post Thanksgiving. We're dating ourselves, but uh, yes, it's been a. <laughs> it's post Thanksgiving for sure. And the holiday season is just around the corner. So it'd be interesting to see how that turns out. So, first, let's talk a little bit about who you are, what your personal journey was that led you into the work you're doing today. And why did PMFs emerge as such a focus of your work? So I was a family physician for a long time, 50 years now. And then while I was doing family medicine, I always knew that I wasn't doing enough. I call it pulling punches. You, You do something, but you know you haven't finished the job. So when you talk about not finishing the job, for example, if you if somebody has an infection of any kind, you give them an antibiotic and shoo them out the door. Pretty much. You're done. And when they leave your office, you cross your fingers. A, that they don't have a reaction, and B, that it works, and C, that it's not going to come back. But I knew that what we were doing was helping that moment, but not really actually dealing with the gestalt, the overall issues that are going on. And as a family physician, I always looked at 
the whole constellation, the family constellation. I was a medical director of a group, about 30 doctors in New Jersey, and we all shared hospital responsibilities. And over a very short period of time, we had several patients admitted to the hospital gastric bleeding. One of them almost died. And the common cause of that gastric bleeding was ibuprofen, okay, and osteoidal anti-inflammatories. So since then, longer, not that long, but it's five to 10 years ago, we discovered that about 16,000 people a year die from gastric bleeding from non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. But back then, even, I realized, what are the alternatives? Opioids and procedures, right? You can use ibuprofen, you can use Tylenol, but, you know, what are, those are the options. And Tylenol and uh, ibuprofen didn't work well always. They were helpful, but they were not a panacea by any means. So these people almost died from an ibuprofen. They were doing like 600, 800 milligrams two to three times a day. And I realized this is insanity. It's a stupid medicine. People almost die from treating their pain. The pain is not going to make them die or kill them. But the ibuprofen could, in one guy's case, almost did. And then some people have GI bleeding that's so bad that they have to have gastric resections or have other major procedures. Again, insane. So I said, I got to do something different. Obviously, my consultants are not going to help me. My peers are not going to help me. I'll have to do something outside the house of medicine. So I learned acupuncture. Okay. I went to a UCLA program for doctors, for physicians in acupuncture, studied acupuncture. And then I went into practice, basically tried to implement the acupuncture practice. And that was in 1990. That was way before your time. In 1990, when you come up to somebody with a needle, they go like this. Right. Right? That was before Madonna had acupuncture on movies. <laughs> so when I did my training, there were 300 doctors in the country who had been trained in acupuncture. So now there are thousands, well over 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. But at the time, because it was 1990, people didn't, wouldn't accept the needles. It's hard to convince people to do acupuncture. And as a physician, I'm an expensive acupuncturist. Which isn't covered by insurance. And it's not covered by insurance. Right. So I said, I got to find another way to do acupuncture. And I started, started to discover that in the Orient, they were using magnets on acupuncture points. So I started working with magnets and I discovered that magnets had all kinds of benefits beyond acupuncture, healing wounds, reducing pain, even distally, but healing wounds locally. So if you have a tennis elbow, acupuncture may help you to decrease the pain, but it's not going to help the tennis elbow that much by itself because needles don't really do the healing work. Needles have a more indirect action in the body. But I found that magnets actually healed wounds. I had a spider bite on my leg. I put a big magnet on it, and literally within three hours, two or three hours, it was gone. Mm. Now, that was impressive, right? So I said, what is going on here? So then I started uh, looking into the literature, started trying to find the science behind magnetic fields and what they do and what, how they could work in the body, and very little of it. Eventually, I was at a conference, and I met a guy from the Czech Republic who had an MD, PhD, and his PhD was in electromagnetic therapy. Mm. So he had translated, for his PhD, he had translated a lot of this Eastern European science, which was in obscure journals and in Cyrillic, right? It was in a foreign alphabet. So they would, wasn't available in the West anyway. So he had prepared a manuscript with all, reviewing all that science, and we worked together and published my first book, which is Magnetic Therapy in Eastern Europe, a Review of 30 Years of Research. That's a pretty technical book. 
So from there, uh, as I began getting more magnetic systems, I began to use magnetic systems that I imported from Europe that were pulse magnetic fields. And I discovered all kinds of benefits with pulse magnetic fields. And on my website, I have a lot of different magnetic systems. My website is drpollock.com, D-R-P-A-W-L-U-K.com. Well, I have I accumulated all these different devices because every one of them has a value, but no one of them does it all. There's no such thing as a panacea. There's no such thing as one size fits all. And so the more I worked with this and put all that content on my website, began to do research on all these different conditions that magnetic therapy can work with. Then we developed the website and then subsequently wrote another book called Power Tools for Health. And that book is a bit more technical. So it's got some of the science in it, but it's very readable, but it's still more technical. And it, there's over 500 scientific references. But in, the, in that book, I was able to put together in one place many different actions of magnetic fields. Often you'll read about this for pain or that for depression or that for something else, but nobody has to put, sort of put it all together because the science, magnetic field science is distributed, the knowledge base is distributed in many different places. So you have to really kind of hunt for it and bring it down and pull, pull it together to, to coordinate it all. So that book served that purpose. And I reviewed 50 different health conditions and provided some evidence for how magnetic field therapy can work for each of those health conditions. I didn't want to just make a claim. I want to say, here's the evidence. And then that would provide some ideas for people on how they can find magnetic systems, how to look for buying them, how to look for using them. But it wasn't a very practical book. So now we have the new book coming out called Supercharge Your Health with PEMF Therapy. And in that book, I have 80 different health conditions where I give prescribed recommendations for each condition. Hmm what magnetic field would work best and how to use it, and then some supplement recommendations for those. So this book now is much more practical and it does it has very little in the way of references. So the two books actually work well together. Okay. I have your first book, so I will definitely pick up the second one when it comes out, which is your, the end of the month? Hopefully the end of the month, the beginning of January. Okay. So... Let's start with the basics here, because I'm familiar with EMFs. I had uh, our blank on my show. We talked about EMF therapy or protecting ourselves from EMFs. And EMFs are getting a lot of rage right now for uh, Apple Watches, uh, from Apple Watches to cell phones to 5G towers. And there's a lot of dangers involved there. If EMFs are so bad for us, how are PEMFs good for us? And there is so much focus these days on these bad avoiding EMFs. I was wondering if you could clarify this issue and kind of bring it all together for us. Because really, frequencies are healthy for us. And I don't know if you're familiar with this EMF, but ultra-low radio frequency energy? Well, it's ultra-low in terms of intensity, but it's still radio frequency. Right. Now, this radio frequency, so let's go to that point. Okay, so radio frequency is EMF. Now, there's two types of EMF. There's the kind that we're using primarily for communication purposes. The cell phone. Cell phones, but also microwaves, Micro ovens, and so on. And then there's EMFs that are actually high-intensity EMFs that are used for therapy purposes, okay. to burn tissue, like burning warts, 
okay. or cancers or tumor cells, et cetera, or nerves that are being compressed in the back. They burn the nerve and you don't have the pain anymore. You haven't taken care of the cause, but you eliminate the pain. So putting that aside, EMF stands for electromagnetic fields. By EMF, because of, we make this distinction between PEMFs and EMFs in my book are environmental magnetic fields. Okay. Okay. And then PEMFs are pulsed electromagnetic fields. And pulsed magnetic fields are designed for therapeutic purposes. EMFs are designed for communication purposes, primarily. Now, the difference is that EMFs are broadcast into the environment. I call that open loop. So they're broadcast into the atmosphere, they're broadcasted along the surface of the planet, and they go on forever, essentially. Right? And they have long wavelengths or short wavelengths. Most EMFs that we're concerned about have extremely short wavelengths. And that's the principle behind the microwave oven. Because they have short wavelengths, they're absorbed by the tissue and they cook it. Okay. Now, the cooking is obviously a microwave oven has a, a much higher intensity wattage to be able to cook whatever's in the microwave oven. Environmental magnetic fields are not designed that way unless you're sitting in front of a transmitter. You're right there with the transmitter. But technicians work around those tra transmitters all the time, and they're not cooked, not that can cook in a microwave oven, because generally they're not that high intensity. PEMFs, on the other hand, don't go, they are not broadcast into the environment. A PEMF is created by a current flowing through a wire at specific frequencies, at specific rates, pulse rates. So that's why it's called pulse magnetic fields. They're pulsed rates. So a PEMF is created by current flowing through a wire. Let's say my thumb is the, the direction of the current. And then that current is pulsed at certain rates. So let's say seven hertz or 30 hertz or 50 hertz or, you know, the lower, there are very low frequencies, extremely low frequencies. Extremely low frequency is anything under about 100 megahertz. Microwaves are gigahertz or very high megahertz are primarily gigahertz. So extremely short wavelengths. And because they're extremely short, they're absorbed. Now, PEMFs are closed loops. So in other words, that PEMF is only created, that EMF or the magnetic field is only created by the current pulsing in that wire. And that means it's pulsing out and collapsing, pulsing out and collapsing, right? Because it's pulsing out and collapsing, it's a closed loop. It's not broadcast in the environment. It's only going to be a value right, basically right where you have the applicators. So that's the primary distinction. One is closed loop and therapeutic, and the other is open loop and for other, designed for other purposes. We know that a cell phone is cooking you, right? You put a cell phone to your ear, you hold it to your ear for 10 or 15 minutes while you're talking. You look at the ear, it's gonna be very red. It's gonna feel warm. You look at the other ear, it's not so red. It has gotten more red, but not as red as the one that you are cooking. So that means that cell phone is producing microwave magnetic fields, microwave frequencies. Okay. And they're being absorbed by the tissue, which is then basically heating the tissue, right, and creating problems. So we know that people who use their cell phones to only one side of the head for long periods of time are more, more likely to develop brain cancers on that side. Hmm. Now, it's not a very high incidence, but it's high enough to be a concern. So again, the principle there is that it's being absorbed by the tissue and it's causing genetic damage in the tissue and stimulating the growth of, of potential growth of, of cancers. Those are the major distinctions. Okay.
And so PEMFs can actually help you to deal with EMFs, not because they block the EMFs, but what they do is they strengthen the body. So both of them are stimuli, both of them are signals, and the body reacts to signals. It has to react to signal, whether it's sound or light or air pressure or any stimulus to the body. The body's gonna say, oh, wait a minute, I have to deal with this. So with PEMFs, the reactions, because they're low, much lower um, frequencies, but they can be very a wide range of intensities. The body's going to react, but in general, the body's reaction is in the direction of rebalancing itself. And that's why I say that PEMFs can be used to help to offset the potentially damaging effects of EMFs. Because the PEMFs are trying to heal the tissue, the EMFs don't care, they're gonna do whatever they do. So that's the difference. Okay, now let's talk about, before we dig, because we're gonna go deep here, the healthy magnetic fields, like the Earth is a magnetic field, which is, uh, I think it's a Schumann uh, resonance. Schumann resonance, yeah. Resonance, it was a, what, 7.83? Well, that's a misconception as well. Is it? Okay. <laughs> so actually the Schumann resonances are harmonics Okay. of the uh, magnetic fields created by lightning storms around the planet. Okay. So a lightning storm has a lot of electromagnetic energy around it. And we start to accumulate these, they basically reverberate in the ionosphere. Okay. Between the Earth itself and the ionosphere. So they're in this cavity called the ionosphere. And basically, once they initiate in that cavity, because they're long wavelengths, they're basically going around the planet. So we have thousands and thousands of lightning strikes per second per minute around the planet. Right. A lightning strike in Sri Lanka is going to be perceived on the west, on the east coast, within a seconds. Interesting. Because the wavelengths are so so long, but seven point eight is considered like the average resonance, Schumann resonance. But there are like seven different bands, and I go, I discuss that in the Power Tools book. Okay. Yep. There are different bands. Right. So seven hertz. Now it's interesting. I think what's most interesting about the Schumann resonances is that they all within the human brain frequency ranges. Interesting. And why do we have them? Well, we didn't develop them. They're there in the ionosphere. But we are a tuner. Mm. Our brains are a tuner. So our brains are perceiving these frequencies. Right? And so we operate within these bands of frequencies. And we know that the brain operates, like say, delta is deep sleep. Delta is one to, one to four hertz cycles per second. Okay. Theta, which is the Schumann resonance, is between five and eight hertz. Okay. Theta is light sleep or deep meditation. And then alpha is just basically just a relaxed state. I call that the observer state. Okay. A dog or a cat sitting there just watching, doing nothing. You can see that they're watching, but they're not on alert. They're not agitated, not irritated. They're just observing. That's alpha. Hmm. Okay, then we have beta, which is you and I right now. We're in beta. Right. Listening, talking, learning, assimilating, right? discussing. That's beta. And then we also get up into the gamma ranges. And the gamma ranges are integrating frequencies in the brain. So those are the Schumann resonances. They're in that whole set of frequency bands that are associated with the brain. So our brains, again, are tuners. And our brains have something in them called magnetite. We have a huge amount of magnetic particles in our brains, magnetic oxides, they're tiny little crystals. 
So like crystal radios. So what do crystal radios do? They can broadcast right, right. and they can receive. So our brains become tuned to these frequency patterns. That's why maybe potentially a riot in China is going to be perceived by us here, particularly for those of us who are very sensitive. That anger is all those frequencies that are coming out from the brain and those people that are rioting, and we're going to perceive them. Interesting. Because our brains are tuners. But we can also broadcast. So it's not just receiving. It's also broadcasting. So if you read any of Rupert Sheldrake's work or other people who talk about ESP and telecommunication, the psychic communications, well, that's broadcasting. How do animals know what we think and what we feel? Uh, We're broadcasting. Yeah, I have this thing called the happy. It's a ring I put around my neck and I control it with my phone and I can set different modes, focus, sleep, and it uses that ultra low radio frequency energy. Right. If I'm in an anger mood, I can set it to just make me happy. Or usually in the morning, I when I'm doing my ground, because I, I go outside and sit stand on the stand in the grass with my bare feet and ground myself. I usually set it for getting my day started, stuff like that. But that's how I'm familiar with that. And then I have another unit because I really want to dive into this. I, I, this PEMF intrigues me, especially from the modalities that you go over to talk about, because it, it really works fantastic. And there's a lot of stuff that nobody even, it, this is like on the cutting edge. And if you're a lot of the biohackers have already gotten into it. Right. I hate to use that word biohackers, but it's a legitimate word. And a lot of them, like Ben and David Ashbury, they're all into this and it works very well. So that's, I've gotten started a little bit with that ring. And then I have a thing called the Huzo that frequencies on your acupuncture meridians. It vibrates and it puts me into a meditative state. There's an aspect of PMF therapy that part of why it's working is because of helping to support the mitochondria function of the ATP. So I really want to get into the cellular level of PEMS because Let's face it, our body is one big, huge cellular thing. It's electromagnetic. And it helps with the, the nutritional deficiencies, nutrition delivery, oxygen. So let's talk about how PMF supports the, the cellular aspect of our bodies. And then we're going to dive into the more of the symptoms and conditions part. So the way PMFs act, that's the most important thing. Besides the oscillation aspect of it, which we just talked about. Right. So you can oscillate and, and train the body and train the brain, to kind of, which is what the happy does, to, and train to those particular frequencies. And the, the stronger the signal is, the more that it entrains, the more the brain and the body is grabbed by it. So these subtle energies, like the happy, is a subtle energy system. It's not a high-intensity magnetic field system. Right. Grounding and earthing are subtle energy systems. So they can make you feel better, but they don't do a lot in terms of healing. So the reason magnetic fields heal is because the magnetic field passing through the body, because that's what happens. Magnetic fields pass all the way through the body. The microwaves get absorbed. They don't pass through. They get absorbed. So PEMFs, because they're much because they're pulsing in and out, they're pulsing in and out of the body. 
as they do that, they generate charge. And that's based on Faraday's law. So the higher the magnetic field, the faster it goes from the bottom to the top, to, to its peak. Okay. Then the more energy it gets produced in the body. And that's called Faraday's law of induction. So the magnetic field passing through the body, and the body does not stop a magnetic field. There's nothing in the body that stops, holds back, or slows down the magnetic field. Nothing. Okay. That's one of the most amazing aspects of magnetic field therapy is it goes right on through. And you can even have two bodies stacked up together and it'll go right through both of them because nothing stops it. The only thing that would stop it would be metal. It wouldn't stop it really, it would just bend around the metal. So that magnetic field passing through the body, through the tissues of the body, based on Faraday's law, is generating energy or charge in the body. So what is the body? We consider a tissue. The body is essentially a, a battery. It's electrolyte soup. Right. It's not saline. We call it saline or we call it water, but it isn't. It's electrolyte soup. And what do you have in, in electrolyte soup? You have ions. And those ions are going back and forth constantly. So we have, let's say, about 100 million cells in our bodies. Every cell has about 2,000 biochemical processes per second. That's a lot of action. Right. And that action is all electromagnetically controlled. You can't dock sodium with chloride to make salt unless the physics allows the docking to happen. So the physics is controlling our bodies. It's subtle, but the physics is controlling it. So magnetic field therapy then, by virtue of the magnetic field interacting with the ionic structures of the body and the electromagnetics of the body, then it creates all kinds of downstream action. The rule of thumb is the magnetic fields don't cause problems, they reveal problems. The magnetic fields don't do the work, the body does the work. The magnetic fields basically create a stimulus for the body to react. And that stimulus then allows the body to do the work of the magnetic fields. And essentially when you have more energy, you talked about ATP, when you have more energy in the tissues, more charge in the tissues, then a lot more can happen. Fortunately, healthy cells ignore the magnetic field. Hmm. So if I say to you, hi, you say hi back, and then you go on your business, right? right? I scream and yell at you, you're going to stop for a second. You're going to pause, and you're going to have a big reaction. The strength of the magnetic field determines the degree of reactivity. In general, what we're aiming for then is to try to push this boulder that's gotten stuck. Okay. Try to push it, and the magnetic fields are basically pushing it. So cells that are sick, cells that are damaged, are stuck. The body did not have enough energy to keep it going. So that as a result, it gets stuck and becomes diseased, and you have symptoms, and you have pain, you have dysfunction, and so on. So if you stimulate those cells, those tissues, with charge, then the body has enough charge then to finish the work that mm. it was supposed to have done. So, for example, the FDA approved magnetic therapy devices over 20 years ago for healing non-union fractures that wouldn't heal. Okay. There's no other solution for them. People could do surgery, they could put plates in, they could do all kinds of things, and they just wouldn't heal. And lo and behold, they discovered at, um, at uh, SUNY, basically, that stimulating magnetic fields through that area, accelerated, all of a sudden woke everything up. A fracture that had not healed, been non-healed for seven years, now it starts to heal. And depending on how many hours a day you're doing treatment, 
you can heal that fracture probably in about three months, six months. Wow. Right? What, what's it doing? Why did that fracture not heal? It got stuck, right? For various reasons, that area that got stuck and the body did not finish the job of healing it. So that happens in maybe 1% or 2% of fractures. And some fractures are more prone to that anyway because of the blood supply. But what you're doing with magnetic field therapy, then basically you're waking things up. You're improving circulation. You're increasing stem cell production. You're decreasing inflammation. You're activating growth factors. All these things that have to happen to heal a tissue. All of a sudden, it starts to work. Even though it's been stuck for seven years, it starts healing because it's abnormal. The body knows it's abnormal. But what the body does is tries to find the best balance it can find in the presence of imbalance. So if you had an amputation, you lost your leg in an, in an accident or something, you're going to try to function as well as you can given your fracture, given your amputation. Well, the body does the same thing. Whatever is going on, the body's going to try to find the best balance it can with what you're dealing with. Right. And the magnetic field supplies the energy to be able to have that rebalancing process happen. Wow, this is fascinating. This is really fascinating. And there's one thing that I was reading and preparing for today is while we were talking about nutrients, there was a, a part in there you were talking about calcium, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. I was wondering as I was reading this is if you supplement with electrolytes, is that going to help synergize the PMF therapy to make it more effective? If you're deficient. Let's be honest. Most people walk around deficient in, in electrolytes. This is true. This is true. And magnetic field therapy operates a huge amount of the actions of magnetic field therapy have to do with calcium ions. Okay. And the transport of calcium ions across cell membranes. And calcium and magnesium go hand in hand. Right. Right? So if you're deficient in calcium ions then your calcium, which then becomes ionic in the body, then you're not going to be able to do as adequate a job. So can you heal without taking cal extra calcium? Yes, of course you can. If you're deficient, then you're not going to heal as well. So if you're sufficient, then you're going to do better generally okay. with the healing process. But the body's still going to take whatever time it needs to take to heal the problem. Okay. Right? Taking all the calcium in the world is not going to heal a fracture overnight. Okay. And on top of that, with calcium in particular, so if you take too much calcium, what happens is the body excretes it. It's, I don't want this much calcium. Right. So it pushes it out of the kidneys, and then you can develop kidney stones. Right. So you have to have a balance. Right. You have to have the right amount. And, and since in my studies or in the clients even, you know, they say 80% of people are deficient in magnesium. But it's closer to 90 in my, from what I've seen over the last four or five years. A lot of my patients, I routinely did. When they came in as a new patient, I routinely did intracellular magnesium levels. Okay. Red cell magnesium levels. And quite frankly, I didn't find that many. Oh, you did? No. Okay. Now, it's relative. So if there's a range, right? So where are you in this range? Right. If you're, I don't want people to be in the upper part of the range, right. but I don't want people to be in the lower part of the range. So I would say probably 70 to 80% of the people that I did the red cell magnesium levels on were probably close to the middle of the range. Okay. That's good. So I, took, I, I heard this as you did, right. that we're all magnesium deficient. Right. Uh, and as I started testing people, I didn't find that to be true. Okay. Now, 
Now, can you use a bit more? Yes, fortunately. Magnesium, unlike calcium, is not, if you take more, it's not going to hurt you as much as, you, as taking too much calcium. So you have to have, have a balance between magnesium and calcium. Okay. Let's draw it back now. Because I want, but that was something that when I was reading and getting ready for this, I, I was thinking to myself, can the supplementing with electrolytes will that help? So we answered that. And I want to talk about the new book says that there are 80 health conditions that PEMF therapy will help with. And which is not true, which is not true. It's not true. There's more than 80. Many more. Okay. Because if you look at the basic actions of magnetic fields, and I've identified, at this point, I've identified about 27. Right. And there are 25 in the book, in Power Tools book. But there are more. I discovered endocannabinoids, the adenosine system, magnetic fields affect those. So there's many more. So if you take those basic actions of magnetic fields, like circulation, like increasing ATP, like stem cell stimulation, nitric oxide, muscle relaxation, all of, take all of those actions. They don't care what disease you have. Mm. They don't care what label you have. But we, in this culture, are used to and oriented to diabetes. This is what you need. Cancer, this is what you need. Infection, this is what you need. Right? But all of those conditions have a lot of commonalities in the way the tissues are functioning because there are only so many ways that tissue can respond. Okay. So what you're doing with magnetic field therapy then is basically can treat virtually anything. Now, certain things it won't help you with. If you have a congenital malformation, okay, it's not going to help a whole lot with that. Okay. It may help with some of the secondary corollary aspects of, of having that malformation, but it's not going to reverse the malformation. Magnetic field therapy does not raise the dead. Well, here's what I, I want to talk more about symptom conditions. And I, we've discussed conventional medicine and what they use. I was reading an article by the CDC. I think it was published two weeks ago. And we have an opioid crisis in America. Truly. And there's a matter of fact, there's a TV show on Hulu called Dope Sick. And I've been binging on that the last couple of weeks. So, and because this is something that's close to my heart is this opioid crisis. A dear friend of mine went to a doctor and he gave her a prescription for 120 days worth of oxys. And I went off the hook. Matter of fact, I reported him. There's no reason to give somebody 120 days worth of prescription of an opioid. And we're talking about the therapies now of what can help. And pain is one of is one of the big ones I think that is can be used for, and it is used for. I lower, and, but conventional medicine doctors won't go there. And I'm not going to dog on conventional medicine doctors because they do serve a purpose. But this is something that needs to be brought into the light and lifted back and lifted up out of the darkness for use in, for pain management in, in particular. And magnetic field therapy is one of the most common reasons people seek magnetic field therapy. One of the most common reasons people will buy a PMF therapy device for themselves. Pain is a huge motivator. Right. Right? You're willing to spend a lot of money not to have pain, especially chronic pain. Right. So, yes, PMF therapy is actually very important for managing chronic pain for a lot of reasons. But one of the benefits you can get with PMF therapy is to try to heal the cause of the pain. Yes. Ideally, that's what you want to do. But you can't always heal the cause. If you have a, if you, again, if you had an amputation and you have phantom pain syndrome, 
you're still missing that limb. You still have all the damage in the nerve endings in that extremity. But we know with phantom pain, for example, you can feel toes in a foot that's no longer there. So you're not feeling the toes, clearly. Right. You're feeling the representation of the toes in the brain and how the brain tries to basically fill the empty space of that limb. Okay. Sending information to the brain. So now basically it's interpreting, this is what we call allodynia. It's interpreting that sensation that of what should have been there as pain. That's how it's interpreting it. And that's, that's the definition of allodynia. So you take a non-specific stimulus and you have pain because of that. You stroke the hairs on the back of your hand. And if you experience pain, that's allodynia, because that's not supposed to happen. So if it's happening, then the brain is essentially on fire. Because the brain has taken that, that signal, the chronic pain signal, and transformed the chronic pain signal now into a different kind of messaging system within the brain. And that's chronic pain. And most of medicine that we do with pain management is what I call numbing and dumbing. Pretty much. <laughs> right? Numbing the pain or dumbing the brain. Right. right? So what we that's okay. Now that there's a place for that. Because sometimes there's no other solution. Mm -hmm. Magnetic field therapy can do that too. But again, my reason for working with magnetic fields is not to simply replace your pain with another something or other, but to try to heal the cause. And unfortunately, you don't know whether you're going to heal the cause or not until you've been using the magnetic field therapy long enough okay. for the tissues to be able to heal. So we mentioned fractures. It could take years for a fracture to heal. Ligaments don't heal quickly because they don't have a good blood supply. So a bone that's broken is going to take years to heal. You can take the cast off in 12 weeks, but that doesn't mean that bone is healed. It takes a long time for that repair to happen. The corneal cells heal in 24 hours. Hmm. Intestinal cells heal in 72. Skin cells can take two to three weeks. Right? Bone, as I said, can take a very long time. The brain can take a very long time because it doesn't have that many stem cells. So the more stem cells you have in a tissue, the faster it's going to heal. The tissue has to produce the stem cells. So magnetic field therapy stimulates stem cell production. Oh, wow. Anywhere in the body, any tissue. And I tell people regularly, you shouldn't do stem cell therapy unless you're doing magnetic therapy because you can't grow a garden in a swamp. <laughs> that's perfect. You're right. Yeah. Right. So you put in stem cells into a tissue that's damaged and the tissue is inflamed and swampy, has edema and so on. But it's best to clear that tissue out, which you can do with magnetic field therapy. Then you can put stem cells in that place. So the magnetic fields will help stem cells to proliferate, to differentiate, to survive and to do their function better. So yes, magnetic field therapy for healing purposes, you need to heal the cause when you're dealing with chronic pain. But at the same time, you can okay. treat the nervous system and the brain to help the brain's messaging and the way it handles the pain signals. So like this, in this particular instance, it was a shoulder surgery and they did this, whatever they do for shoulder surgery. I don't have, thank God, I don't have any of that kind of issues, but you know, they, so they went in and did the surgery, sent her home, and then she continued to have pain. She continued to have pain for how long after the surgery? About eight weeks. Eight weeks. So you would normally expect that the pain would decrease after about four to five days, right? Right. So there's something else going on. And whether it's right. the brain or whether this person has predisposed to have a chronic pain problem, 
which usually happens in people who are depressed or anxious, right? right. Or other medical conditions like diabetes or hypertension. But, so there are other reasons for that signal to have become chronic. We don't define, we define pain as being chronic after about three months. If it's still there after three months, then you could say that it's chronic pain. Then you're having to deal with the secondary aspects of that pain. But those secondary aspects in the brain then still have to try to heal the cause in the tissue because if there's still inflammation in that tissue, then that <laughs> tissue needs to, needs to be healed. I'll give you an example. I had a guy who was very buff, very buff. So I say that magnetic field therapy doesn't cause problems, it reveals problems. So this guy used a rel relatively low intensity portable PFF system applied it to his knee where he was having a lot of pain and he got an immediate increase in pain. So I said, magnetic field therapy doesn't cause problems, it reveals problems. Well, he cursed the magnetic field therapy, put it aside, went on doing whatever he did. He did have some procedures on his knee. And then he said, okay, now I'm gonna try magnetic field therapy. Again, put the magnetic fields on his knee, whoa, significant amounts of pain. So I told him, you better go see an orthopedic surgeon about this. This shouldn't be happening. He did, turned out he had a septic knee. And the magnetic fields revealed the problem that he should have taken care of right in the first place, which is the infection in his knee. Okay. It's possible the magnetic fields would have helped over time to, heal with, to deal with that infection. But again, you might need to do a debridement. You may need to do a, a clean out procedure to get rid of the, any infections and help accelerate the healing faster. I wouldn't, in that case, I would not have relied on the magnetic fields to help because a septic knee means arthritis, bang. You're destroying that knee, that knee with that infection. So you don't have time to play around and see if the magnetic fields would help. All right, let's talk about some of the, the things that you have seen. Well, you list them 80 of them, but we don't need to go all over 80. One of them that spot addiction is one of them that came as your number one one. So I want, let's talk about some of the things that will help heal with, of course, we all, we've, we've already discussed a little bit about what pain and basically PEMFs will help heal anything in a given time. Or, or like you said, it would expose the, the truth in, the, in different instances. But let's talk about addiction. How does a PEMF therapy help with addiction? Addiction is very complex. In a sense, there's, simplistically speaking, there's two aspects to addiction. is the siren, the draw of the sensation of ecstasy or whatever. The drug produces a peak experience of some kind. Okay. And they last a very short period of time, like an, an orgasm that's very short-lived. <laughs> right? Sure. In some cases, shorter well, than others. And you have to keep doing it in order to keep getting that huzz, that high, the buzz, right? Right. Because when right. you do a drug that gives you a peak experience, the body's going to metabolize it very rapidly, and then you go into withdrawal. And the longer you've been addicted, the worse the withdrawal, typically. That depends on the drug as well. Okay. So you have the peak experience. So if you're drawn to a peak experience, that's a personality issue, and that is a uh, neurochemical imbalance problem. Okay. Right? So PMFs can help to rebalance the neurochemistry to some extent. The withdrawal is usually what keeps them going back to the addiction. Okay. Smoking is a good example. Okay. You decided you're going to stop smoking. You made that conscious decision, but you can't stand the withdrawal. 
what you do, you repeat your addiction to keep the withdrawal away. Now, maybe you don't need the, the peak experience anymore, but you still need some of that substance to keep you from having a, a as bad a withdrawal problem. So there's those two aspects. One is the peak aspect, and that's replacing the neurochemistry that you need to replace. The second is the withdrawal symptoms. And those withdrawal symptoms happen at different rates, depending on neurochemistry. Okay. You decrease the craving. So if you're seeking a peak experience, you're not having much withdrawal, but you still have the craving. But what does the craving cause you to feel? Anxiety more than anything, right? Right. And magnetic field therapy, the right kind of magnetic field therapy, reactivates the neurochemistry, can rebalance the neurochemistry. But at the same time, frequency-based magnetic fields, like, for example, using theta, or even gamma frequencies have been found to help the brain with addiction as well. So if you're stimulating the brain, bombarding the brain with these frequencies, very safe frequencies on a regular basis, it mitigates or wipes down the anxiety. I'll give you an example. I had a patient come to my office who was extraordinarily anxious. She was like just fidgeting, just nervous, just like just, she couldn't sit still. So after five minutes of sitting, she had a half hour, she had a, a one hour appointment. Within five minutes of coming into the office, she started pacing. So, okay, well, we're not going to have this interview. This is not going to work very well. So I put a magnetic device, we have it called FlexPulse, put the FlexPulse coil in the back of her neck, under her collar, high intensity, one coil at seven hertz. Schumann resonance. Seven hertz is calming. So she kept pacing, and literally you could see within about five to ten minutes, the elevator came down. It was amazing. It was amazing to see that. She was like so frantic. So at the end of the interview, she sat for the rest of the interview. At the end of the interview, I asked her what her level was, zero to ten, ten being the worst she could imagine. She said seven. I thought she was a ten. But she thought she was a seven. So I hate to imagine her at a ten. <laughs> seven. Yeah. <laughs> and what you did was that's a while we're going through this, why don't we go through some of these units too? Because this that was the flex pulse. The flex pulse. Now there was an episode with you and Ben a couple, is that a year ago, maybe? And I, and he was using the flex pulse. So the flex pulse unit is one of your units. And what is what and what is that unit used for? Well, it has the benefit of all magnetic fields. Okay. And people can argue with me about frequencies okay. and how important frequencies are. And having read through thousands of research studies, and many of them overlapping in terms of pain management or healing this or healing the other, and it's quite arbitrary, actually, how frequencies are chosen for studies. Okay. So I've concluded over the years that if you do, if you're treating, say, somebody for anxiety with an anxiety frequency, let's say theta, but their pain gets better and the tissue heals. Well, then that frequency, it's not the frequency that matters. It's the magnetic field that matters. So as I mentioned at the beginning or earlier, that it's Faraday's law. When you're stimulating producing energy in the tissue, it's going to do whatever the body wants. The body's going to decide what it's going to do with that. So the intensity becomes more important than the frequency. But we can use the frequency, like for this case, for anxiety. Okay. Oscillate the brain waves and quiet the brain down and the nervous system, quiet it down. And so it helps with the anxiety. So the flex pulse is designed primarily from producing brainwave frequency patterns. Okay. 
So it has a beta, it has the alpha frequency for sleep. It has a theta frequency for relaxation meditation. It has an alpha frequency for uh, relaxation as well, but not as deep as theta. It has beta, which wakes you up. There's something called SMR. So basically it's, it's a standard um, rhythm of the brain. It's called a sensory motor rhythm. And then it has beta, higher beta, and it has gamma. So gamma is higher frequencies that are uh, found in people who do a lot of meditation work and also helps with protecting against Alzheimer's. It helps to decrease anxiety levels. It helps to decrease improve ADD, ADD primarily, not necessarily ADHD. So these frequencies are described on flexpulse.com. Okay. All the different frequencies that are built into that machine. So it has all the benefits of magnetic fields. And then in addition, it has the benefits of oscillation patterns, of slowing down brainwave patterns okay. to produce different benefits of the body. So is that one of your favorite units? Well, it is because it's portable. Okay. It's battery operated. So you can run it for all night under the pillow for sleep at Delta at, 10, at uh, 3 hertz. Or you could use it for hours at a time for chronic pain, for anxiety. You can run it all day long if you need to for anxiety. And that woman, by the way. Rechargeable? Rechargeable. Okay. Yeah, it uses a charging plate, so it's wirelessly rechargeable. Okay. So it's very handy for a lot of different things. And that's one of the reasons Ben Greenfield liked it as well. How about with some of your, like, pain? Let's take somebody who has major back. There's a back issues. A, a, there's a lot of back issues out in the world. Let's walk through the back issue. And which would this unit work for back issues? Or is it too small? It could help with decreasing back pain. Okay. But it's probably not going to do much in the way of healing. Okay. So while it can tune the brain and the nervous system so you feel less pain, okay, it's not going to help you with healing so much. And the reason for that has to do with the adenosine receptor. Okay. Okay, so on my website, there's a blog about adenosine inflammation and pain. And what that blog shows us, what the research is telling us, that you need an optimal magnetic field intensity of about 15 gauss. So gauss is the measure of magnetic field intensity. 15 gauss at the target tissue. So that means if you have a tennis elbow, then that, the flex pulse is going to be adequate for that. Okay. But 200 gauss goes, goes down to, drops down to 15 gauss, well, basically about eight, of, eight tenths of an inch into the body. So eight tenths of an inch into the body, you've, lost, you've gone from 200 gauss down to 15. Okay. So you're dealing with back pain, how deep does the magnetic field have to go? Quite a few inches. It has to go many inches. Right. If you're dealing with concussion or chronic pain brain, you got to go across the whole brain. Right. Six inches side to side average. Right? Then you're going to need a 4,000 Gauss magnetic field on one side of the head to be able to deliver 15 to the other side. This is the biggest mistake that most people make is they don't get the right magnetic field intensity. Okay. Now, because magnetic fields heal, but they heal at the body's own rate, and some things don't heal well, magnetic fields don't raise the dead. You may need to do something over months to get adequate healing. Okay. And just because the symptoms are gone, that doesn't mean the tissue is healing. So you may need to do treatments for a long time. So going to a doctor's office and getting high-intensity magnetic field treatments may help with the symptoms, but you're going to go back. Same thing happens with acupuncture. You're going to go back because right. you haven't healed the problem, the cause. So getting the right intensity magnetic field becomes really important. Now you offer, I noticed on your website, you offer a consultations. consultations. 
based on whatever the symptoms or whatever whatever problems they're having. All right, but I, I, the caveat to that, I'm not going to spend half hour of my valuable time talking to somebody who's only going to want to spend twenty dollars. Right. <laughs> Right? right. If you're going to, if you want a consultation, then you have to be ready to spend upwards of six thousand, seven thousand, right. eight thousand dollars. Which is these units go up to? I don't know. There was twenty-five thousand. Right. We don't have any of that. I do have one on the system that on our website that's twenty thousand, nineteen thousand. But I don't recommend that one anymore because we now have equipment from Israel that is very high intensity at up a maximum price of around eight thousand dollars. Okay. So we have high-intensity systems available now right. you could purchase for yourself that you could use for years, for anything. Right. Now, let's talk about the bigger body parts. And also, one of the reasons I would have been looking at this is because I, I'm 62, and I work out hard, and I walk around sore most of the time. And I, I already know the source. Sorry. But... Is there like a mat I can just lay on? So, yes, again, there are people who are selling magnetic systems. And there are probably lots of people who are going to be listening who have one of these. Right. That are very low intensity. The problem is that most of the distributors who sell these this equipment don't tell you what the intensity is. Okay. You have to ask for it. And then they'll tell you it's proprietary. Oh, okay. If they do that, they won't tell you the intensity run okay so then they say well it does all this and i have all these people who say it does that and it does this and it does improve circulation and you can use it for eight minutes a day and that's all you need to do you need the magnetic system that's right for you for your problem so if you don't get the right one you're wasting your money so you can spend six thousand dollars for a magnetic system that is one gauss and across the brain you need four thousand if you had a concussion you need four thousand if you have a heart problem, you need to reach deep into the heart, you have to have 4,000 gauss, most likely. And all of these systems come with whole body pads. So then, say if you have osteopenia or osteoporosis, it involves all the bones in the body, right? not just your spine or your hips. That means you need to have a strong enough magnetic field that's gonna get all the bones so that you don't have any more bone loss. Okay. So generally speaking, most people are gonna need a system for most chronic long-term problems are gonna need systems that are gonna be around $4,000. Okay. Otherwise, you're, you're probably wasting your money. Okay. And again, we do those consultations. I get people into the right equipment. Right. So that they, and then we help to teach them how to use it to get the most value out of it. I don't want somebody buying something. Actually, the people I don't really, I wish they wouldn't do this is to just go online and buy stuff from our website. All right. When I was on the Oz show, we had a wave of people buying equipment, sight unseen. They went online and impulse buying. But then they come back and they say, well, it didn't work. <laughs> well, it worked. You just didn't use it right. Right. Right? Exactly. It's like a fishing pole. If you want to catch trout, you have to throw the right thing. So the right thing at the right time and the right way. And, right. So, yeah, it's like anything in life. But. For the the weekend warrior athlete, I noticed there's a biobalance. Is that something that would, if for a weekend warrior like myself, or or not? A, I'm not a weekend warrior. I'm a five day warrior and a weekend relaxer. Is that something that would just? I do all kinds of. I, the, what do you call the chill tanks? I do the 
cryotherapy thing. I do the uh, Normatec leg things. I do anything I can to help my body recover. If you've got the right intensity magnetic field system, it's whole body. Okay. I have found that a lot of people basically don't need much else. Okay. So over the years of working with magnetic fields, and I've been working with them now for 30 years, I looked at all that other stuff. And I found out that the best value for all the things that it does, could do for you is to get the right magnetic field intensity. Okay. Now, the good thing about the fields that I'm talking about, 4,000 ghosts, is you have 10 intensity levels. And we don't have to worry about frequencies. Right. It's the intensity that matters. Right. So you have the right intensity levels. You can adjust it as you need to. So you're not only buying it for today, you're buying it for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right. You're making an investment. Right. And if you make the right investment, it's going to last you a long time. So as I said, you could spend $5,000, $6,000 for a machine that's going to give you 25 gauss or one gauss. It's going to help you, but it's not going to help you enough. Okay. So the BioBalance is a nice machine. It's just for health maintenance because it's only 10 gauss. Okay. So you could buy other devices. I'm not going to name names, but you can buy other devices that are one gauss or less. Right. And you're going to spend $5,000. And not get the results. And you're not going to get results. And there's okay. research that shows this. So when you look at specific health conditions, that the low-intensity whole body systems don't do much good. Now, but, here's a big but. All PEMF therapy does acupuncture. Okay. Right? That's one of the early things that I discovered about magnetic fields is it stimulates the acupuncture points and meridians. And the reason it does that is because they're an electrical system. Right. You can say it's cheap whatever, but research has proven that this is an electrical system. And where you have an electrical system and magnetic fields interacting, they, it activates the whole electrical system. So you're getting acupuncture incidentally anyway. So these low body, low intensity whole body systems, all they're basically doing is stimulating the acupuncture points because they're too shallow. So you're getting very little healing value from them. You feel better, but you're getting very little healing value. Okay. All right, let's do this. If you were to pick one unit, and of course, this is hard because there's so many. I, I really like the flex for sleep or the flex for just anxiety. And, and if you could afford it, right. I would recommend both a high intensity system, whole body intensity okay. system, because they're short lasting. They don't uh, run for long periods of time, they run 30 minute cycles typically. Okay. And then you do the flex pulse for things like sleep, for anxiety, for just general tune-ups. If you're out and about running or you're walking and you, your back hurts you a bit, then put that on your back. I tore my meniscus. Okay. Getting out of the seat in an airplane, twisting myself around the luggage in the aisle. So I tore my left meniscus. And every time I walk, every time I planted my leg, I got a clicking action. So I had an MRI, and sure enough, I had a torn ACL, I had torn meniscus. And it was, they weren't horrible, but they were, they were slightly torn. So I went, to, I saw orthopedics and said, well, what, do you think I really need to be scoped or something? You're clicking because you're swelling inside your knee. So let's just inject you with some steroid. Oh. <laughs> right? I said, no, time out. Right. So I said, I have magnetic field therapy. And so I had one of these portable battery operating systems and I wore it inside my brace. I walk every morning, three miles every morning. Okay. And every time I walked, I had the clicking. So I put a brace on my knee, put the coils inside the brace, ran the control unit into my pocket. And all I did was an hour a day. And literally within two weeks, the clicking was gone. It's gone. Never returned. Okay. I didn't repair the joint. I, I haven't continued to do it. And it's very hard to repair a meniscus anyway. 
a torn meniscus is a torn meniscus. Right. Because right? it doesn't have a good blood supply. They don't heal. Right. But that was an example of how I use the portable system. So I use one as well every night under my pillow and delta three hertz for sleep. And I find that when I don't use it for sleep, I don't sleep as well. So I've done on and off. I, I definitely sleep better. So there's, there's a purpose to heal whole bigger problems, deeper problems, and do whole body treatment. But there's also a value with a uh, portable system. Okay. For those people who buy one of the bigger systems and want to add on a flex pulse, we'll give a discount. Okay. Okay. And the website's drpollock.com, P-A-U or P-A-W-L-U-K. And actually, there's a lot of educational, there's a lot of stuff on here. I love this. Your education's fabulous. Uh, but podcast, you have your own podcast on here. And there's some studies you can look at. It's a, it's a great website. A lot of blogs. Yep, a lot of blogs. As a matter of fact, I spent a majority of uh, yesterday sitting on the patio with my iPad going through this and reading, and I loved it. And I think, I, I don't know if you agree or not, but I, I write right. from a scientific perspective. I don't write to sell something. Right. right. I think that's what I enjoyed about the first, the, sec, the second book, is that it, it, it's not, it doesn't go too deep, but it goes deep enough. For me, it was a great book, and I, I'm looking forward to the second one. Now, before we end today, is there anything we missed that you want to bring up or anything you'd like to add? Well, I already said that basically magnetic field therapy doesn't raise the dead. Right. But it doesn't matter whether you're a snail or a dog or a cat or a human. All biology is affected by magnetic field therapy because it's all electromagnetic. Everything gets balanced with magnetic field therapy. So magnetic fields work basically, it's sort of like, in a sense, three phases, all of which revolve around healing. So the first phase of benefits that people tend to notice with magnetic field therapy is an improvement in symptoms. Okay. And that depends on healing, but there's a physiologic response, all those mechanisms of action in magnetic fields. So you get this physiologic reaction that often very quickly helps to reduce symptoms, not eliminate necessarily, but reduce. And then as you keep doing the magnetic field therapy, function improves. Okay. Because now you're doing healing, deeper healing. But if you stop magnetic field therapy too soon, then you can lose function and you can lose the symptom benefit because you haven't finished the healing. So the healing is going to take as long as the body needs, depending on the problem. You know, I mentioned different tissues in the body have different healing rates. Right. So the severity of the problem is part of that issue. How long it's been there is part of that issue. Whether you have the right magnetic field is part of that issue. All of, those are the three sort of aspects, improving symptoms, improving function, and healing. I'll give you an example. I had a, a guy who lost his college scholarship as a hockey goalie. Young guy in his 20s. And injured his groin. He did standard therapies for a couple of years. PT, just you name it training, all that stuff, no benefit. Got him one of these portable magnetic therapy devices that he applied to his groin. And within, literally within two weeks, pain-free. He was using it for hours a day. But being a young guy, 
being aggressive, full of androgen, right? What did he do? He started training aggressively because he was pain-free. Okay, I'm back to normal. Literally within another week, he was worse than he was before he started magnetic therapy. Because he went too hard too soon. Too hard, too fast. Because he didn't respect the tissue. So the healing, you won't notice what's going on in your tissue as far as healing is concerned. Right? So what happens is that our sensation, our body's awareness of what's going on in our bodies is actually a pretty blunt instrument. It's a blunt tool. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're developing a hangnail in your left little toe. Before you notice you have a hangnail, how many cells are damaged? Or you even notice? We have 100 trillion cells in our body, right? Millions of cells, right? Millions. So those cells are on the path to damage and they get damaged to a point now you notice. You didn't notice anything before it got to that point, that critical point of you noticing. So if we're doing magnetic field therapy, I can take away your pain, I can decrease the swelling, I can decrease the irritation, and you don't feel it anymore. But have you finished the healing process? You have to go all the way back down to, to the baseline. So you're going to have to do the therapy as long as it takes to actually heal it. And one of the ways you find out that you didn't heal it is you test it. It says, ouch, too soon. And you got to continue the treatment. Now, sometimes, unfortunately, with a toe, it's easier to figure that out. Or a groin, it's easier to figure that out. But if it's your heart or your lungs or your brain, it may be very hard to know when you've actually healed enough. So that's why owning a system becomes more important because then you're going to keep doing the treatment until you have more or less healed the problem. And if you haven't healed it, your symptoms come back that you haven't healed it. Then you need to know you need to do it longer. Interesting. One thing I wanted to ask you about, what's the most remarkable thing that you've seen this heal? That's actually in the book, in the Power Tools book. So I had a three-year-old child cut off the end of her thumb in a door jam, past the joint, just below the, uh, the nail bed. Right. In a door jam, just cut it right off. So fortunately, the father got in touch with me before the surgeons had at it. And what a surgery would normally do is they clean up the wound and they put a graft on it. And that child would have had a deformed thumb for the rest of her life. So I knew, I heard stories about people regrowing digits. So I said, got nothing to lose. Sew it back on again. Just sew it on. And I've got pictures in the book. Purple. You can see the sutures on the edges of the end of the thumb. Treated an hour and a half a day using one of these portable magnetic systems. An hour and a half a day, three-year-old. Twelve weeks later, she's regrowing her nail. Wow. That's a wow factor. That's a big one. Then I had a guy in his 50s who was diabetic, smoked, drank, and his legs were purple from the knees down. His boss, he ran an apartment building for his boss. The boss knew about my work, so he brought him in to see me. He says, help this guy. He had no vascular return. He was purple. The surgeons were going to amputate him both legs below the knees. He was booked for surgery. I don't want to deal with this because, you know, that gangrenous leg like that, dry gangrene, is just rife for infection. You get infection, you're going to get septic, you're going to get septic, you're going to wipe out your kidneys, you can die. And it's going to happen on my watch? No, thank you. 
I said, I'll take your situation. I'll help you out if you do everything I say. You had to get him on a diet, I'm to stop smoking, stop drinking, got his blood sugars under better control, started magnetic field therapy. Literally, three months later, he went back to the surgeon and the surgeon said, I don't think we need to amputate anymore. Hmm. So even bad gangrene like that has the potential of being rescued. So there comes a point where you can't rescue anymore, right? If you've got a 97, 95% blockage of a coronary artery and you're having angina, I don't want you to do magnetic field therapy in the hopes that it will help. You'll be driving down the road and have a coronary like that because 90% block is almost completely blocked. Right. right. So there's certain circumstances where it just doesn't make sense because you're not going to heal fast enough. I recently had a couple right. of cancer patients. One woman had a year before she had 35% of her liver with cancer. 35% of the liver was covered with cancer. A year later, 85%. And the family wanted me to help with the cancer. But she was elderly. And I said, no. Because magnetic field therapy relies on the body to do the work. The body has right, to heal right, itself. Right. And when that much of the liver is diseased, we're not going to recover it fast enough because this is an aggressive cancer. Right. It's not going to work. And I could potentially make you sicker, you get like the guy with a knee, while we're trying to get the body to start to do the work it needs to do to heal. So there are times when it just doesn't make sense. Okay. Right. And, it, and I don't care about selling a device to somebody just to sell a device. Right, right. There are plenty of people out there who will have done that. Right. But I said, no, I, you need to have some sense about when it's appropriate and when it's not. Understanding the physiology, understanding the, the value of the PMF system and how it works. <laughs> that reminds me, I used to sell diabetic shoes to nursing homes. <laughs> and I would go in and the patient's foot would be like, there, right. You couldn't put it, she couldn't stand up anyway because the foot was already like this. The foot was already pronated so bad that it's not going to, you can't reverse it. No orthotic in the world was going to reverse that ankle so she could be stand flat. And my boss was told me that I got to, I said, I'm, there's no way, heck, I'm going to put shoes on that lady. I'm sorry, I'm going to quit. So you can either fire me, but that lady's not going to get shoes. And I, I ended up getting fired. It's irresponsible. Right. And I just went, okay, no. I, I, could, I consider it unethical. Right. Very unethical. And I had no problem just because I, he was riding with me that day. And I said, no, nope, I'll drop you off at the hotel. I'm done. If you want me to put shoes on somebody that can never wear them, then we've got a problem. Yeah. Well, that was the case with these ladies with the lady with the cancer. Answer, and right. I'm going to have to deal with the family. The family's going to be very angry at me because she's going to, she's very you know, close to death. Right. And they're going to be really angry at spending $8,000 for a piece of equipment. And she's going to die. Stop, she's going to die anyway. Right. right? Oh, I, I can't do that. All right. Let's, one question I have before for my guests, all my guests get the same question. It's not had anything to do about this topic. If Dr. Pollock had 45 to 30 minutes to chill, what album or artist would you put on to relax to? I don't know. I have too many. Okay. Any particular genre? What I have found that relaxes me the most okay. 
is delta brainwave frequencies. Okay. Right? So it's a tuning pattern. Right. It's, a, it's a sound that's at the delta frequency level. Right. I want to chill, bang, like that. That's it. That'll do it in like seconds because I've done enough meditation work. It just takes a few seconds right. and I'm there. Okay. Mozart is good, but I, I like a lot of new age type music. Okay. So no, I have too many. There's too many options. Too many options. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. I can't wait to get your, read your new book and uh, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, thank you for changing and steering your course away from conventional medicine to PEMFs and, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I mean, and very gratifying. I wish we could get more conventional medicine doctors to listen, but and they will eventually. Well, we, we can vote with, with our feet. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. We, we don't, yeah, we have, we have to take, we have to take charge. We have right. to decide this is going to be good to us. And the good thing about magnetic field therapy, you can't hurt yourself right. fundamentally. You're not kidding. Right? You're right. You're going to help. Even if you don't think it's going to help, it's going to help. But unfortunately it replaces medicine in the way we're ruled by the FDA. We're ruled by the institutions and litigation fears right. and so on. So conventional medicine, individual conventional medicine doctors can get it can finally see the light and they will do it. But we're not expecting the house of medicine to, to accept it. I, I can't agree more, especially with pain management clinics and, and opioid crisis. I think it was 28% increase in deaths over last year from opioid addiction. Well, I could, to go back to that question, I actually approached a, do, a pain management doctor. It was a friend of mine who actually learned acupuncture. And I told him about, about magnetic field therapy. And he said, I accept it. I accept what you're saying. But I can't do it because it's going to mess with my staff. It, it's going to be too effective. <laughs> now, you'll have, he had a pill mill. Right. He's making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, that's what that show was, Dope Stick was about, is the pill mills in a mining town in Virginia, in the hills. And the good old drug companies coming up with all this literature about if it's not enough, increase the dose. Then you get all these people like walking zombies in the town. But there's a problem. I've worked with addiction. I actually worked in an addiction facility in Toronto for six months. I had a guy that came in to detox uh, from heroin, and I developed a protocol using Lomotil okay. to detox heroin. I got him off too fast. He came in there to take a two-week vacation. I had him done in three days, four days. Okay. He was angry because I detoxed him too fast. Too fast. So the part of the problem is that people have to be willing to go through the right. trouble, right? Right. And deal with the discomfort of withdrawal. Right. So you kind of have to withdraw and prop and withdraw and prop and you know and so on. Right. And they're the people themselves who are addicted got addicted for a reason. Right. So they're part of the problem. Yes, the drug companies are part of the problem. Right. But people are too willing sometimes. Take not always, not all people are too willing. Right. Right. To do the drugs and they're not willing to go through the process right. of, of yep. removing the problem. Agree. 
So we have to do that. We have to work with them, but they have to be part of the solution. So if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. All right. Well, you have a happy holiday season to you and your family. Thank you, Tom. You as well. And thank you for coming on the Rebel Health Coach podcast today. I appreciate it. I'm a Rebel Health Coach too. <laughs> we have to be, brother. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.